Here is a sermon that was preached by Pastor Ballin in one of the Sunday morning services. So shall we continue on our sermon series on discipleship? Last three, four weeks we are talking about discipleship. And this morning we want to talk about depth of discipleship. Just want all of your attention, all attention this morning to this sermon because this sermon is, you know, every time when I sit and meditate the scripture portion, you know, God speaks to me, you know, that's what I put it as a sermon. Uh, I take those notes and I put them in the, in, the, in the presentation and present it to you. And this morning I just want, you know, you to hear from the voice of the Holy Spirit. So shall we just take it further this morning? So do you want to give some of the background information for this topic? Who is a disciple? So disciple, last week if I remember, I, I promised that I will ask questions, right? So I, I'm going to ask questions now. So who is a disciple? Who learns the word of God? Who is a student who follows Jesus Christ? Good. Any other answer? Good. So disciples are the ones who study, who's, who are students of the Bible, students of the word of God, who listen to God speaking to them and they follow Lord Jesus Christ. So they are called disciples. What is discipleship? Discipleship is a process of making disciples. Any of you born as a disciple? When you're born, somebody came and told them, oh yeah, a disciple is born today. Anybody told that? No. Right? So disciples are made on the way. Why should we make disciples? Jesus commanded us to make disciples. And two or three weeks back we talked about five stages of discipleship. So what are the five stages of discipleship? Spiritually dead, infant, child, young adult and parent. Different phases of a disciple. disciple. Length, we talked about length of discipleship. And only one thing we mentioned there, very important, following Jesus is a lifelong affair. We don't want to fall, start following Jesus and leave him on the way and go. Following Jesus is a lifelong affair. And last week we talked about height of discipleship. You know, at times when we live on this earth, we try to follow God, we try to do the things of God, we at times say no to the things of this world, and we follow Christ very carefully. We become tired because we are human. And that's the time Jesus is asking us to the mountaintop. How the disciples were taken to the mountaintop, the Mount of Transfiguration. Jesus is asking us to come and spend time with him. Maybe fasting, maybe a time of prayer. When we pray to God, who comes? The risen Savior. And where there is a risen Savior, there is heaven. That's what we talked about. Because when Jesus was transfigured, Peter, the apostles, they heard voices of heaven. Elijah and Moses talking to Lord Jesus Christ. And the glory of God was descending upon the mountain. And that's what nothing, that, that, that is nothing but heaven. So that's what we talked about last week and this morning we are going to talk about another dimension of discipleship. Depth of discipleship. What is depth of discipleship? We talked about length. Length defines that we need to continue to follow Lord Jesus Christ. We talked about height of discipleship. God calls us to a closer experience with him. That's where we feel the warmth of Lord Jesus Christ. We feel the comfort of Lord Jesus Christ. You know, someone told something against you and you couldn't handle it. You go down and kneel down and pray to God and God counseling you, consoling you. And this morning we are talking about depth of discipleship, walking with Christ. 
walking with Christ. Disciples are called to walk with Christ. And before we go into this, we need to define what is not walking with Christ. What is not walking with Christ? Just be with me. Walking, this is what is not walking with Christ. Isolating us from the society. You know, today we come across people, they don't want to mingle with the society. They don't want to, you know, take part in any of the things that are going on. They don't want to bother about somebody, what someone is going through in his life. They want to isolate themselves. They say often, it's me and my God. It's me and my God. That's not discipleship. Not being identified as a monk or saint. Today, people are identified as monk or saint. You know, they wear a specific color dress and they, they wear a specific type of dress and people will call them saints or monks. They are not disciples. Scripture doesn't say that. You don't need to be a monk or saint to become a disciple of Lord Jesus Christ. Not just fasting and praying. You know, at times we fast and pray. That's not the only sign of discipleship. Disciples, yes, they need to fast and pray, but that's not the only sign of discipleship. Not affiliating to a denomination or group. You know, there are certain group of people, they affiliate themselves with an organization and say that they are the only disciples of Lord God. No, that's not discipleship. Discipleship is not just participating in a discipleship camp. Have you come across people, you know, they put a tag around and then they say that disciples. Because they participate in a discipleship camp for that week. So you don't need to be you know, doing that in order to become a disciple of Lord God. So we're talking about what is not walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. What is not walking with the Lord Jesus Christ? Right? Not just being Sunday Christians. They come to Sunday morning church and then go and they don't have anything to do with God. No relationship with God at all. So that's not discipleship. So discipleship is not isolating ourselves. Our walking with Jesus is not isolating ourselves. It's not identifying as somebody great. No, that's not. It's not always fasting and prayer, not just that alone. It's not our affiliation with an organization, denomination. No, not that. It's not just participating in a discipleship camp. No, not that. It's not just being Sunday Christians. That's not meant by walking with Christ. Then what is walking with Jesus? You know, these are a couple of things that I came out with. This is what is meant by walking with Jesus. Number one, keeping a good relationship with God. Keeping a good relationship with God. You know, the way we break our relationship with people around us, at times even within spouse, we break the relationship. And then we again come back and then we'll join, right? And we fight and just go apart. Then again, we come back and do that. And have you used to do that with God too? How many of you used to do this with God? You fight with God and then say, Lord, I'm not going to pray for two more days, two days, right? And then again, you come back and say that, sorry, Lord, I know you all of you do that, <laughs> right? Then again, you come back, sorry, Lord, sorry, forgive me, Lord, right? At times we are angry with God too. So keeping a good relationship, it's good. I mean, I'm not saying that it is wrong. But whenever it happens, again, come back to God and say that, sorry. Now maintain that relationship. So walking with Jesus is maintaining the relationship with God. Constantly being in touch. You know, I, I, I've seen, you know, Pentecostals always say that. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, praise the Lord, right? So all, the, all the time we say that. So, uh, and some other 
Okay, some other denomination, they say they always sing songs to be in touch with God. And some other denomination, they pray within their, whatever fashion you think you need to do it, just do it such a way that you maintain, you have a constant communication with God. Even while driving, maybe by singing a couple of songs, or even, you know, even walking on the street, maybe thinking about God, things of God. Just somehow, constantly being in touch with God. He's a, he's a disciple, he's the one who is walking with God, pleasing God. Trying to do things which pleases God. Right? That's a good characteristics of someone who is walking with Jesus. Talking and listening with God. Through prayer we talk to God. Through word we listen to God. God speaking to us. Striving to do His will. You know, at times we just want to hold on to this. We just want to live in this city. Probably I want, it's, it's God's will for me. I want to continue in this job. I want to continue in this career because it's a will of God for my life. You are striving to do God's will. That means you're walking with Jesus. Living trustworthy. Now this is very, very important. God should be able to trust you and me today. The responsibility that God has given to each one of us, it's very great. It may be a responsibility of bringing your child in a godly way. It's a very great responsibility. You may be able to do something in the church, maybe you know, putting the slides, cleaning the church. It's whatever responsibility God has given to us, live trustworthy. You can say that, you know, I am walking with Jesus. But then if you are not able to live a life that God can trust you, people around can trust you. It simply means you are not walking with Jesus. You are just saying that. Being truthful and walking in integrity. Integrity is a very important factor for, for every one of us. You know, we need to just do the things that we speak. We need to just do the things that we long for. We need to behave in the same way in front of people and in absence of people. Integrity, talking about, you know, faithfulness, how faithful we are to ourselves. Doing good and loving others. So a couple of things that I have listed, somebody who is following, trying to follow these things, he is the one or she is the one who is walking with Jesus, keeping good relationship with God, constantly being in touch with God, pleasing God, talking and listening to God, striving to do God's will, living trustworthy, being truthful and walking in integrity, doing good and loving others. These are a couple of things. They are the characteristics of someone who is walking with Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want to take you to a scripture portion for this morning where word of God talks about how disciples should live, how you and me need to live so that we are called at times to go deep into our Christian life on this year. Shall we turn, Shani, can you turn with me to Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11? We are going to read the scripture. Luke chapter 5 verses 1 through 11. Very important scripture here. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. So it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he, hear the word of God, that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret. And he saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your net, nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the, in the other boat 
to come and help them. And they came and filled both of the boats so that they began to sing. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. And so also were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will catch men. So when they had brought their boats to land, they forsook all and followed him. You know, disciples are called to walk with Jesus. This morning we are talking about depth of discipleship, walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we are going to dig the treasure from these scriptures that we read this morning. Disciples are called to walk with Jesus. You know, I just give a summary of what we read. Jesus was preaching. And as he was preaching, multitudes were pressing him and and they couldn't hear the word because it's a huge crowd. And Jesus was standing at the lake Gennesaret. And he saw two boats there. Listen to me. He saw two boats there. And the fishermen there were out of these boats and they were washing their nets. And as Jesus saw these boats, Jesus got into Simon's boat and started teaching. So now Jesus is in the, in the, in the lake and people are standing in the shore. And Jesus was preaching to them from the boat. And now Jesus asked Simon after preaching, Jesus asked Simon to launch the boat into the deep. And he launched the boat into the deep and he asked them to cast down their nets. And Peter did. And the other, other, other fellow partners, they did. And Peter, as he obeyed his word, they got a great catch. Great number of fish on that day. And eventually the fishermen became disciples. Right? That's what is the summary. Now, question is, what made the disciples to start walking with Lord Jesus Christ? Now, I want you to understand the scripture this morning. At the end of verse 11, scripture says... At the end of verse 11, they forsook all and followed him. You know, they started walking with Jesus on the day. Their walk started at that moment. From that time onwards, they started walking with Jesus. And wherever Jesus went, they started walking along with Jesus. You know, that's what is meant by walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus is not somebody who is closing their eyes and praying all the time and trying to listen to God, listen to God, speak to God. That's not walking with Jesus. Walking with Jesus is at some point of time we decide to follow God and from then onwards we are following, walking along with Jesus. That's how verse 11 ends, saying that they followed Jesus. So they started walking with Christ. The question is, what made the disciples to start walking with Christ? Number one, they had a strong work ethic. They had a strong work ethic. I'll come to that later. Number two, realization of ownership. Number three, honoring God and his word. Number four, blessings brought Peter down to his knees. Being ready for higher responsibility. Not holding on to the past. This is what I could dig from these scriptures. So we are going to take this further this morning. Verse 2. Verse 2. Let's read verse 2. Verse 2 says, And saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Fishermen were washing their nets. And if you remember the story, they tried all over the night and how many fishes they got. Nothing. They got nothing. And this morning what they are doing? They are washing their nets. If you and I are there, probably, anyway, we, didn't, we did not get any fish. 
Just throw the net in the boat. We'll come and see next day. Evening. We would have walked to home. Great work ethic. The reason why they could start walking with Christ. Number one reason is a great work ethic. You know, discipleship begins where? At home. Discipleship begins at home. If without informing you, if I would walk into your house some point of time, what we see there, it really talks about our house. That's the reason I say before coming to my house, call me and then come. Right? So discipleship begins at home. And then it continues to workplace. Workplace. Before it begins at the church. So these men, disciples, they were fishermen. But look at their work ethic. They were just very faithful to their work. Now that's where discipleship starts. And I believe that's where God wants us to start our discipleship. At our home. Some of the dresses thrown in the corridor. Some of the books thrown in the window. Right? Some of the vessels kept upside down. I mean, you may keep it upside down for some time, but then again, you need to put it properly, right? So, you know, look at the, look at the way the house is arranged. Discipleship starts at home. Keeping things tidy and clean. And then, at the workplace. At the workplace. It really matters, at the workplace, what screen saver we have in the computer. What do we hang in our cubicle? What objects we keep in that cubicle? How we arrange our files? Wherever the papers, the papers are messy, you know, like my office at times. It, it is important. We continue to follow the work ethic in our workplaces, in our schools, in our universities. A couple of things we talked about when you talk about work ethic, integrity, honesty, responsibility, quality, anything that we produce, there's no need for another check on that work because we do quality work. Reliability, your supervisor can rely on you. If a job is assigned, it will be done. If you cannot do it, he will call me. He will not just leave it on go. Cooperation. How do we cooperate with the management? It is very important not to stand against the management where we work. Cooperate with them. Because he has appointed you. He is paying you with an assumption that you are with that management. Teamwork. It's very important to work as a team. Punctuality. You know, everything matters. Work ethic is very, very important. Disciples could start walking with the Lord Jesus just because of their work ethic. Otherwise, do you think that disciples would have continued? Maybe for another two and a half years or three years with the Lord Jesus. No, not even a single day. Because Jesus, is, Jesus was very particular. He was very disciplined. He was very ordered. You know, that's how he moved. From place to place. City to city. And that's, where, that's how he preached the gospel. Not even having time for rest. Strong work ethic. You know, you and I, as a disciple of God, we need to build that in our lives. It's very, very important. Otherwise, nobody will value us. And you know, the name of the Lord will be defamed because of the way we behave in our workplaces. Strong work ethic is I find in verse 2. 
verse 3. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the multitudes from that boat. You know, Peter was seeing in front of his own eyes. I want you to imagine this this morning along with me. Imagine, imagine this with me. Peter was seeing in front of his own eyes, Jesus getting onto his boat and instructing Peter to put that boat a little out there in the sea. Peter was a fisherman. Jesus was the Messiah moving around in, in that place. Probably Peter would have heard about him. But now suddenly Peter came, Jesus came and walked into that boat and asked, instruct, started instructing Peter. You know how Peter would have felt? How Peter would have felt? But Peter had a great principle there. He knew that he doesn't own anything that he possesses. It belongs to God. It belongs to God. We talked about that when we you know, talked about the, 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 the principle of giving, the doctrine of giving. What we possess today, we don't own anything. The bank balance that we carry today, it doesn't really belong to us. It belongs to God. The job that God has given to us, it belongs to God. Peter's only livelihood was his boat. He had just a boat that was feeding him. That was bringing the bread for his family. And Jesus took that boat. And Peter went along with him. Peter did not say, Peter did not refuse. And his boat has become a stage of a great gospel crusade on that day. Jesus was standing on the boat and preaching the gospel to the people. Realization of ownership. You know, today what makes us to walk with Jesus? The moment we realize that everything that we possess, they don't belong to me. Think about your health. Today we have all the health. Tomorrow we may be down, who knows. We don't possess anything on this earth. Our walk with Christ begins when we realize, Lord, what I have today, they don't belong to me. Verse 5. Now preaching is over. Now Jesus looked at Simon and said, Launch out into the deep and let your net Cast your net down for a catch. Verse 5. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all the night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. Honoring God and his word. You know, honoring God and his word. Peter was doing that not, afraid, not, not that he was afraid. Not that he was in need of a great fish. No. He was, the way he responds, just listen to this. He said, Master, a word, a term of honor. Reverence. He's giving the reverence to Jesus. Master, we have toiled all the night, cut nothing. But according to your word, I will let down the nets for a catch. You know, honoring God is an attitude of heart. Honoring God is is something which we cannot show outside. If we show outside as if we are honoring God, you know, that doesn't really work. It's an attitude of heart. When we come into the presence of God, anytime, not just in the church, even at home, any moment, if you have God in your mind, if we have that reverence, and always we teach our children, do not forget that two more eyes are watching you, right? 
And I believe that same thing is applicable to you and me. Tumor eyes are watching us every moment. Honoring is an attitude of our heart. In Matthew chapter 15, verses 7 to 9, Matthew chapter 15, Jesus called the people, those who were lived on that day, he called them with, as he said, this is what he said, hypocrites. Well, did Isaiah prophesy about you saying, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips. So there is a way to honor God with just only by lips, but their heart is far from me. You know, at times we get through the motion that's happening in the church. We get through the flow. We come here and we sing. We sing. We, our lips honor God. Because that's what Jesus said. If their lips are honoring God, certainly. But their heart is very far from God. And in vain they worship me. We can do the whole worship just in vain. When our heart is not with God. You know, that's the reason we give time for us to tune our heart with God. You know, singing, clapping is good, but our hearts need to be tuned with God. You should be able to speak to God and receive from Him. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. They don't teach from the Bible, but they add so many other things, so many rules and restrictions, and lay them upon people, and it becomes very difficult. And God is saying that honoring God is an attitude of heart. Let's take it further. Verse 8. According to the word, Peter cast the net down and they got a great catch and verse 8 when Simon Peter saw it let's read from verse 7 so they signaled to their partners in the boat in the other boat to come and help them and they came and filled the boat both the boats so that they began to sing what Simon Peter is seeing and verse 8 says when Simon Peter saw it he fell down what he saw he saw the other boats were singing because of the weight of the fish so many fish so he saw simon peter saw it that it means what when he saw the boat full of fish that's what he saw now listen to this words verse 8 says when simon peter saw it he fell down at jesus and he's saying depart from me for i am a sinful man now when he saw that he fell down on Jesus' knees. And I believe if Jesus is standing there, he fell down on his knees. That means he is on his knees. That's how he can fall down at Jesus' knees. He fell down at his knees and saying, depart from me, for I am a sinful man. Now my little observation here is, when we turn back in our lives to see the blessings that God has given to us, we need to bend our knees. We need to bend our knees. You know, the more God blesses us, God wants us to humble more. Now, have you come across great, you know, millionaire and multimillionaire? You know, they don't really, they're not really proud of the money they have. They're very humble people. They just want to walk around with, just like a normal man. But at times, you know, when we get some blessings from God, no, we just try to walk straight. But this morning God is telling us, when we turn back and see the blessings that God has given to us, God expects us to, us to come down on our knees. That means God wants us to humble us and give thanks to God. The only reason Peter is able to do that, he realized his emptiness. Few hours back, he was just totally empty. Nothing in his life. 
You know, some of us were in that situation way back in our lives. Nothing in our life. We never thought that we will come to this nation. We never thought that we will be honored at this higher level that we are in today. But when we turn back today, there is nothing that we can boast about. There is nothing that we can be proud of other than just bending our knees. Bending our knees. You know, the more God is lifting us, the more God wants us to humble us. Micah, I just want to read the scripture from Micah chapter 6 verse 8. And this is what the Lord expects each and, each and every one of us. Micah 6 8. And what does the Lord require of you but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Humbly with your God. Humbleness also seen in our words. Humbleness also seen when we speak to others. Humbleness also seen in our attitude. Humbleness also seen the way we honor God. God wants us to be humble the more God lifts us up. You know, one has to be brave and bold. We are not talking about being coward. We need to be brave and bold, but at the same time we need to be humble. We need to be humble. You know, that's the quality of a disciple. You need to be bold. Nothing can shake you, but at the same time you are humble. You are humble. Matthew 5, 5, as the well-known scripture, Blessed are the humble, for they shall inherit the earth. That means there is no limit for the blessing. There is no limit. No, they shall inherit the earth means the whole earth belongs to you. The more you humble yourself, the more you receive the blessings of God. They could walk with the Lord Jesus Christ because blessings did not lift him up, did not make him as a proudful man, but blessings brought him to the knees. Blessings brought him to the knees. Verse 10. Let's read from verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. They got a great catch. They can take this and sell and live for many days. Verse 10. And also were James and John and sons of Zebedee who were partners with Simon. And Jesus said to them, said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on you will catch men. Now on you will catch men. They could walk with Jesus because they were just ready for a higher responsibility. You know, today we struggle in our spiritual life. Today we are finding it difficult to walk with Christ because not we are ready. We are not ready to take higher responsibilities. The moment Jesus saw his disciples, especially Peter, he is giving, handing over a higher responsibility from catching fish to Catching men. Catching fish to catching men. In a very great responsibility. These fishermen were suddenly taken out of their profession. And they were taken for a training session along with Jesus for the remaining years. What training session? Becoming disciples. Becoming disciples. Walking with Jesus. They were suddenly taken out of their professions. Walking with Jesus requires our willingness to take higher responsibilities. Higher responsibilities. You know, God has blessed us with many gifts and talents. And God wants us to, you know, take responsibilities so that we can execute the work of God. You know, there is a reason why we are here today. There is a purpose, you know, why God brought us together for a time such as this. There is a plan that God has already in your life and my life. 
And here this morning God is teaching us that we, when we are ready to take higher responsibilities, we will start walking with Jesus Christ. Now I have listed a couple of things, probably you may not be able to read. You know, some of us are a student. We are given a responsibility just being a student. Being a parent, being a professional, maybe an IT professional or a medical professional or you know, various professions that we are in today. Some of us are called to be leaders, managers in our workplaces. Some of us are tutors and counselors and consultants. And also in the, in, the, in, the, in the kingdom of God, some of us are called us to work voluntarily. Some of us are ministry leaders, Bible teachers, pastors, youth leaders, and coordinators of various things. And God has given us various responsibilities. Disciples were just ready when God asked them to go to the higher level in their lives. You know, God at times, you know, lifts us up in our workplaces. God lifts us up in the, in the kingdom of God. And whenever God does that, you and I need to be ready for that. You know, the, when we say that, Lord, I cannot do it. You put a stop in your relationship with God. You are no more able to walk with the God the way God wants you to walk with. You need to be willing for taking higher responsibilities. Now let's listen to the last verse. So when they had brought their boats to land, they first took all and followed him. You know, that's the peak, climax of the whole scenario here. What for those fishes? They caught the fish, all the fish. I don't think Peter ate just one fish. I don't think Peter got the money of selling those fish, nothing. Nothing. They first took all and they followed him. You know, when God calls us to do something, we are saying this morning, do not hold on to the past. You know, all of us are very good in that. All of us are very good in that. You know, God is giving you a responsibility, but you want to hold on to that past. Now, this is what I have been doing from the past. How can I do this? How can I do this? But God is saying, telling Peter, Peter, just follow me. And scripture says he forsook everything. And he followed Jesus. Peter was not trying to sell the fish. Lord Jesus, can you wait for a moment? I will go and sell all these fish and make them as money. And then I will come and follow. No. No. You know, when God wants us to do something. And when God is opening the door. When God is making that opportunity. Just never say no to the work of God. You know, it's very, very important. God wants, God is counting on you, you and me. You know, when Jeremiah was called, he was saying, the Lord, I'm a child. How can, you know, God was angry at him. God was trying to convince him in many ways. You are no more a child. You are called as a prophet to that nation. Why are you afraid? The word came from through Jehovah this morning to the church. Why are you afraid to do the work of God? You know, God wants us to get onto it. That's the reason we are alive today. Peter never said that, Lord, I will sell every fish, all the fish, and then I come and follow. No, he was not trying to hold on to the past. Your past may be a failure, but our God can make that failure to a success. That's the reason God is trying to work in our lives. Do not worry about the past. You know, there are many places that I messed up in front of people, but I cannot think about those things, those failures, but I want to move forward when God asked me to do something. Fishing was very familiar for Peter. But catching fish, fish, sorry, catching men, no. He had no clue. He had no clue. Some of us may be good in many different things. 
But God wants us to do something. God doesn't want us to depend on our skills, our past experience, our abilities. Like Peter, forsake the past and come forward. That's the call of God in our lives. You know, at times it is insane to do the same thing. You know, we try to do the same thing over and over again and we expect a different result. All of you work in senior homes. You would have seen people doing the same thing, right? They write the same word hundred times. They do the same action hundred times. Keep doing, keep doing, keep doing that same thing. The result will be the same. But God is calling you for a paradigm shift. In your career, in your walk with the Lord, so that God can use you and me the way God was using the disciples. Walking with Christ also involves facing unknowns, facing challenges. There are certain areas. Pastor, you are asking me to do a Bible study. Go and do a Bible study in this place. I don't have any idea how to do a Bible study. That's what wanted. That's what is wanted. That's what is required. Pastor, you are asking me to do the lead the youth group. I don't have any previous experience. That's what is wanted. Walking with God, Christ in walls, unknowns and challenges. They were totally challenged, the disciples. But scripture says they started walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. They followed Lord Jesus. This morning, I believe God is speaking to us. So finally, to conclude, disciples walk with the Lord began with their great work ethic. With their great work ethic. We need to practice that in our lives. We need to discipline those areas in our lives. We need to do things in a timely manner. You know, procrastination is, 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 is a very interesting character for many of us. Do not delay. If something has to be done today, let's do it today. Let's not delay it for tomorrow. Work ethic. When they realize what they possess, they don't belong to them. They could start walking with the Lord Jesus. And on the way, they learned humbleness. As the Lord blessed them, Peter could humble himself to the ground. And when they were willing to take higher responsibility, they could walk with Jesus. If Peter would have said, sorry Lord, I cannot follow you because I am good at catching fish. Jesus would have told, bye bye, I don't want you. You may be good at many things. God doesn't want that. God wants you to follow him because he's calling you for a reason. When they let go there, you know, their blessings, because the f- catching the fish was such a great blessings, but they let go the blessings and they started following the one who could bless them. You know, many times we look at the blessings and we try to stay down there, but God is asking you to not to look at the blessing, look at the one who blessed you. Look at the one who blessed you. There is so much we need to acquire. There is so much we need to accomplish in the kingdom of God. Keep moving. Keep moving. You know, that's the instruction from the Lord. Let's close our eyes. Hope you are blessed by this teaching. Please write to Pastor Balan Swami Nathan at balan at hipm.org. God bless you.